Greetings, my name is Stan Prager from the Regarp book blog, www.regarp.com. Today's podcast features my review of George Washington, The Political Rise of America's Founding Father by David O. Stewart. Is another biography of George Washington really necessary? A Google search reveals some 900 already exist, not to mention more than 5,000 journal articles that chronicle some portion of his life. But the answer turns out to be a resounding yes, and David O. Stewart makes that case magnificently with his latest work, George Washington, The Political Rise of America's Founding Father, an extremely well-written, insightful, and surprisingly innovative contribution to the historiography. Many years ago, I recall reading the classic study, Washington, The Indispensable Man, by James Thomas Flexner, which looks beyond his achievements to put emphasis on his most extraordinary contribution, defined not by what he did, but what he deliberately did not do, seize power and rule as tyrant. This, of course, is no little thing, as seen in the pages of history from Caesar to Napoleon. When told he would resign his commission and surrender power to a civilian government, King George III, who no doubt would have had him hanged or worse had the war gone differently, famously declared that if he does that, he will be the greatest man in the world. Washington demonstrated that greatness again when he voluntarily, you might say eagerly, stepped down after his tenure as President of the United States to retire to private life. Indispensable he was. It is difficult to imagine the course of the American experiment had another served in his place in either of those pivotal roles. But there is more to Washington than that, and some of it is less than admirable. Notably, there was Washington's heroic fumble as a young Virginia officer leading colonial forces to warn away the French at what turned into the Battle of Jamonville Glen and helped to spark the French and Indian War. Brash, headstrong, arrogant, thin-skinned, and ever given to an unshakable certitude that his judgment was the sole correct perspective in every matter, the young Washington distinguished himself for his courage and his integrity, while at the same time routinely clashing with authority figures, including former mentors, that he frequently left exasperated by his demands for recognition. Biographers tend to visit this period of his life and then fast forward two decades ahead to the moment when the esteemed, if austere, middle-aged Washington showed up to the Continental Congress, resplendent in his military uniform, the near-unanimous choice to lead the Revolutionary Army in the struggle against Britain. But how did he get here? In most studies, it is not clear. But this is where Stuart shines. The author, whose background is the law rather than academia, he was once a constitutional lawyer who clerked for Supreme Court Justice Lewis Powell Jr., has proved himself a brilliant historian in several fine works, including his groundbreaking reassessment of a key episode of the early post-Civil War era, Impeached, the trial of President Andrew Johnson and the fight for Lincoln's legacy. And in Madison's gift, Five Partnerships That Built America, Stewart's careful research, analytical skills, and intuitive approach successfully resurrected portions of James Madison's elusive personality that had been otherwise mostly lost to history. The talent is on display here as well. As Stewart adeptly examines and interprets Washington's evolution from Jamonville Glen to Valley Forge. Washington's own personality is something of a conundrum for biographers, as he can seem to be simultaneously both selfless and self-centered. The young Washington so frequently in turn infuriated and alienated peers and superiors alike that it may strike us as fully remarkable that this is the same individual who could later harness the talents and loyalty of both rival generals during the war and the outsized egos of fellow founders as the new republic took shape. Stewart demonstrates that Washington was the author of his own success in this arena. Quietly in touch with his strengths and weaknesses while earning respect and cultivating goodwill over the years as he established himself as a key figure in the Commonwealth. 
Washington himself was not in this regard a changed man as much as he was a more mature man who taught himself to modify his demeanor and his behavior in the company of others for mutual advantage. This too is no small thing. The subtitle of this book, The Political Rise of America's Founding Father, is thus hardly accidental. The latest contribution to a rapidly expanding genre focused upon politics and power, showcased in such works as John Meacham's Thomas Jefferson, The Art of Power, and Robert Dalek's Franklin D. Roosevelt, A Political Life. Collectively, these studies serve to underscore that politics is ever at the heart of leadership, as well as that great leaders are not born fully formed, but rather evolve and emerge. George Washington perhaps personifies the most salient example of this phenomenon. The elephant in the room of any examination of Washington, or the other Virginia founders who champion liberty and equality for that matter, is slavery. Like Jefferson and Madison and a host of others, Washington on various occasions decried the institution of enslaving human beings, while he himself held hundreds as chattel property. Washington is often credited with freeing the enslaved he held direct title to in his will, but that hardly absolves him of the sin of a lifetime of buying, selling, and maintaining an unpaid labor force for nothing less than his own personal gain, especially since he was aware of the moral blemish in doing so. Today's apologists often caution that it is unfair to judge those who walked the earth in the late 18th century by our own contemporary standards, but the reality is that these were Enlightenment-era men that in their own words declared slavery abhorrent, while, like Jefferson with his famous wolf-by-the-ear cop-out, making excuses to justify participating in and perpetuating a cruel inhumanity that served their own economic self-interests. As biographer, Stewart's strategy for this dimension of Washington's life is to treat very little with it in the course of the narrative, while devoting the second-to-last chapter to a frank and balanced discussion of the ambivalence that governed the thoughts and actions of the master of Mount Vernon. It is neither whitewash nor condemnation. Stewart's study is by no means hagiography, but the author clearly admires his subject. Washington gets a pass for his shortcomings at de Montvillet, and he is hardly held to strict account for his role as an enslaver. Still, the result of Stewart's research, analysis, and approach is the most readable and best single-volume account of Washington's life to date. This is a significant contribution to the scholarship that I suspect will long be deemed required reading. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. I encourage you to share it in your network. Many more reviews on an eclectic array of fiction and nonfiction books are available at regarp.com and regarpbookblogpod.com. Have a great day.